Welcome to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. Hey, welcome back to Didn't See It Coming. Um, I love profiling entrepreneurs who are combining old ideas and new ideas and their own ideas and carving out uh, something interesting on their way to making themselves famous and or successful. Now, today I have a great story and I've got a great person aboard. Now, it all started, um, I met Sarah Darcy uh, through her job. Uh, I was working uh, on a contract with her company, a big company, and she was one of my contacts there. And we got along like a house on fire. And she has a terrific job, terrific company. Um, But she has aspirations to be a fashion stylist. Now, back before COVID, she was quite happy keeping this sort of ambition under wraps and, and just sort of, you know, doing it off the side of her desk. And then COVID struck. And... Uh, as everybody knows, what COVID has been extremely good for is accelerating things. You know, if, if companies were on the cusp of going bankrupt, they went bankrupt. If people were on the cusp of getting fired, they got fired. You know, economies withered. All these things were dramatically accelerated, but it also accelerated creativity. And so what I want to do today, I want to bring Sarah in to talk about how COVID actually accelerated her dream and turned uh, her tactics into something that was pretty dramatic, pretty radical, and super fun to to talk about. So welcome aboard, Sarah. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. No, I'm super stoked. I I really want to dig into this. So you and I met um, at, at, at your job and you got a great job and it's a, it's a wonderful place, but you have this sort of like secret thing, like so many budding entrepreneurs. Tell me a little bit about the secret thing, the, the sort of ambition that you have. So I've been working as a freelance fashion stylist on the side of my job. And, you know, I really uh, have aspirations of taking it full time. But how do you um, make a mark in the fashion industry? One, we're, we're in Vancouver. I'm in Vancouver. And sometimes um, people say that it's not the style hub of, of Canada and that possibly I need to go to Toronto. And so, and also I think that people um, think that you have to do it the traditional way where it takes a really long time. You have to, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, buy into those old ideas about, you know, really starting at the bottom, working your way up. And I'm not afraid of a little hard work, but so I came up with this challenge. Uh, I'm calling it. Well, hold on, hold on. You're getting, you're going too fast for me. I want (laughs) to, I want to go back. You're sorry. I'm a chronic interrupter, Uh, but (laughs) I want to go back because this is something um, I followed your, your path. And I know that you met some pretty big names in, in fashion. And you said, Hey, can you give me a leg up? I want to do this. Can you give me some counsel advice? And basically, they, they gave you the blues advice, which is you've got to play the blues for 50 years before you become B.B. King. And I, I don't know, hearing you relate that to me, it made me think like they were talking to you through a time warp from the 1980s. You know, they're, they're like Anna Wintour and, and big padded shoulders and hitting interns with copies of magazines and stuff like that. Is, is that true? Yes, I think so. I think uh, there is a hierarchy in fashion where um, it's a very exclusive um, 
club, almost like, um, I don't know if you've seen Mean Girls, um, oh, yeah. but uh, you know, it's uh, the, uh, you can't sit with us. And mm -hmm. I think that um, people are supportive, but it's almost like you're on the outside looking in. So how yeah. do you get on the inside when, um, you know, you um, aren't necessarily at that age to, right. to go back to interning, to getting coffee, to, you know, handing Anna Wintour uh, her magazine. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that... You know, I, I think that's, um, that, that's, that's a creative industry thing. I think it has something to do with creativity being kind of intangible. And, and, and so you have to struggle and claw and get your ideas noticed. And once you've got your ideas noticed, you get fearful about running out of creativity. So you turn into, you go from offense mode into defense mode and your main objective in life becomes decapitating competitors. I, I remember um, in advertising, it was, you know, we struggled and clawed our way up as writers and art directors. And I, I remember working in Germany and uh, they talked about how we jumped the queue. So my art partner and I, we came from Hong Kong and, and we jumped the queue from junior people that we were the same age as their juniors and we jumped up to a senior level and it was it caused outrage because apparently we were supposed to be three times as old by the time we arrived in that senior level and we're like what you know but that's just the way it is and it's it, it seems so 1980s it's it's a very dated way of of looking at things i think that um in fashion you know one day you're in and one day you're out i think mm -hmm. that is definitely how the world um of fashion has, has been and i think it's very hard to be in mm -hmm. you really have to find that sweet spot you really have to find uh that idea or that collection or even you know um just entering at the right time Mm -hmm. So I would say it's definitely a combination of luck and a combination of uh, entering the market just right when it's, you know, it's there, it's hot, yeah. it's, it's so tough. Now, talk to me, um, you know, when we were preparing for this conversation, I sent you a story from yesterday's New York Times that is, I don't know, what's the date today, the 13th or something of June, from June 12th in the New York Times. Uh, what just happened, the, the head of Bon Appetit magazine for the Condé Nast chain, he just resigned because of uh, some <laughs> incredibly dumb, insensitive stuff that he did. <laughs> yeah. And then it sort of, they peeled back the onion and we saw that this whole empire is built on um, this sort of uh, retro uh, concept of who's on top. Um, talk to me a little bit about that whole, that whole world, the Anna Wintour world and, and that sort of New York Times thing. What's your take on that? Well, it's so interesting. So the, 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 the story really is asking, can Anna Wintour weather the storm? She's mm -hmm. admitted that, um, that Vogue and Condé Nast could have done more to be more inclusive of uh, Black people of color, um, mm -hmm. incorporating them into uh, editorials, creating. And so now the question really is, um, will the woman at the top survive this? Because mm -hmm. we're seeing so many people who have, you know, made an inadvertent mistake or, you know, a, a mistake that just was a real bonehead move, mm -hmm. um, lose everything. Well, you look at, I mean, you look at uh, Justin Trudeau doing his blackface thing. You look at Jimmy Fallon doing his blackface thing back in the early 2000s, late 90s. And they're coming out and, you know, better they apologize than somebody uncover it and make them apologize. 
Uh, but you're going, holy, who knew that you had to, you had to retroactively apologize for stuff that at the time was insensitive, but wasn't even acknowledged as insensitive. Oh, totally. And it's so funny to see all of these um, stars that have made mistakes uh, in the past, years in the past, uh, lose everything. There, mm-hmm. There's a, a Kevin celebrity. Kevin Spacey? Yeah, yes. And even, um, you know, some in reality TV, you're seeing it very prevalent where people have made insensitive uh, and racial remarks three, four, five years ago and uh-huh. are, are being fired. Oh, um, it's funny, yeah. Jess. Jessica Mulroney, uh, yesterday it all came out in a story where she had taken offense to um, a, a general call out that a black uh, blogger in Toronto had made and uh-huh. uh, had approached her and um, even threatened her with, uh, with uh, a libel suit. And she had uh, um, Hudson's Bay was a client of hers. She uh-huh. was working um, with City Line on a brand new show on CTV and it's mm-hmm. all gone. Holy yeah wow um okay so now that is the world that you're walking into this sort of hierarchical calcified arthritic world of fashion um and and now you can't break into that because you'll be 80 years old by the time you get to where you need to go you don't have that time and so you know you told me about this idea that you needed to you needed to get on the radar and get on it quick. So talk to me about 50 days. This is super cool. So yeah, 50 days. I'm calling it 50 days, 50 items. So each day for 50 days, I style a non-conventional kind of regular household item Mm -hmm. uh, that I have laying around the house. I've done this on zero budget and uh, I'm now at day 40. So I've, um, pardon me, I have 10 days left. Now hold on, let me interrupt. The chronic interrupter. You don't just style this stuff you shoot video. So every day you shoot video and I've seen you shoot video. You're damn good at it. Um, so you put out a video every day. You've got a website. Where's this website? Uh, so it's at um, www.sarahdarcy.com and all of my videos are on YouTube and it's linked off my website. All and right. yes, I shoot everything. So I style everything. I style myself. I style the item. I shoot and produce the video. I edit it and I do everything. I'm a one, uh, one woman shop. I love it. And, and you're also quite insane. Because <laughs> exactly. I, I, when, when, when I started seeing these things coming out, I, 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 the one I always use, the video, it was right at the very beginning where you stylized ice cubes using pearls. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I'm three gin and tonics in and I start drinking ice cubes with pearls in them, I think something bad is going to happen. But it was, it was hilarious. It made me laugh my ass off. I, and, and you know what I love about this? We have to put this in context. If you're listening to this podcast in 2021, um, during the time of COVID, you had your four walls and an apartment. You had nothing. And that tight constraint, uh, you turned into a real trigger for creativity. Yes. I, what I really learned, well, I actually learned three things. One, I've been having a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Two, um, you know, you can, you can really style anything. And mm-hmm. I think that's the main um, driver that has really come out of this. And then third, it... Um, Hold on, let me interrupt. You can style anything. There's a book in that. You realize that. Oh, I do. Yes, I, I, I've, I've written that down. <laughs> <laughs> that's your next thing. Sarah Darcy, D-A-R-C-E-Y. First name, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H. You can style anything. I think it's going to be made into a motion picture. 
it's cop we're going to copyright that copyright so, or right trademark now. whatever i love it okay <laughs> okay first thing you can say you had a ton of fun second thing yeah. you can style anything tm alt rights exactly you know, yeah exactly rights reserved what's the third thing stretching the imagination is is the most fun i think that in fashion we always want to be kind of right we look to people for uh trends we look to the magazines to wwd the fashion bible and i think that now is the time that fashion can become whatever you want it to be it's switching from um more uh inclusive to less exclusive and i just really think that that is a really powerful message especially for people who are wanting to break in mm-hmm. it's a dream that is a tough dream yeah and you can you can style anything you can do you can make anything you want fashion it's not Now, what people say talk to me you started releasing these videos i remember when i got them i i shared them out and i started tracking the views and you're getting better damn views than i am so i think that tells me a little bit about how good you are and how i suck at putting stuff out but you are getting awesome views off my shares so people are digging this stuff now are you getting feedback i'm getting a ton of feedback so well one um people uh, like yourself said i'm totally insane and yeah, it's totally you, amazing the and videos the videos those shoes in the refrigerator just i <laughs> fell off my chair when i saw that i laughed so hard and i've been getting a lot of feedback from big uh, people who are working in big companies like fairmont um really? just saying yes but we really love your storytelling uh that i would look forward to these videos every day and just that um it's really really refreshing to see something so fun humorous light and creative in this time i love it you know what it 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 really was something to look forward to when when i get the video updates from you i'd always click on them because they're hilarious and it's true when everybody is sort of isolated and uh staring at the same four walls i love that it's a reminder that you you don't have to look at those four walls the same way you can challenge yourself to look at a at a confined boring situation and turn it into magic i love that oh it's amazing i um one that really stands out for me i i still love the ice cubes but i took a a take out coffee cup and made mm-hmm. it into a feather handbag <laughs> and i had <laughs> i had people coming up to me saying can you make me one of those i love that bag and then i took it a step further and said hey well if we have a uh coffee cup handbag we need a, a stopper so yeah. i took a vintage brooch and put it on a zap strap and made a a coffee stopper and i had people stop me saying hey you got to put this into production this is so much fun and it looks so cool it looks just like a regular handbag uh but you know with that special twist i love it i love it so now um you're i know that you're you've got sort of the 2.0 you're you're working on something are there any sort of clues that we can get on that so i really have taken inspiration of uh what people are um what people are watching and people are watching their wallets at this mm-hmm. time and then they're also uh needing to have um help deciding when they're going to clear that clutter they're going mm-hmm. to refresh their wardrobe so i'm looking at launching uh a service that will help people uh determine what they keep donate and wear and then helping them create a capsule wardrobe so things that pair with everything um so you can go in and you can love your wardrobe you don't have to spend a ton of money but what you do invest in will serve you for a really long time because i think that idea of making things last 
is mm -hmm. also something that's really going to come out of this time. And so I really want to help clients do that. I love that. Now, have you been noticing that people have been connecting with you in a different way uh, because of the 50 days thing? Not just saying, hey, that's really great. But uh, because I, I mean, for me watching you do this, I'm like, wow, you sort of personify what we'd all like to do is, is take this moment to reflect, reassess what we do best, what we love doing and, and go for it. Have you been getting any notes of inspiration? I really have. And um, what people have been commenting to me that I really noticed through self-reflecting through this journey is that it, it's fashion can be a very vain business. Mm -hmm. And through doing all of these videos and really taking this leap of faith and confidence to put it out there, I noticed a change in myself. I, mm -hmm. I became more confident. I, um, I made this video where I styled a mirror and instead of uh, just putting, you know, stuff up and like blinging it out. I looked in the mirror and, and uh, put a heart up and uh, videotape myself. And people really, really love that because I think, especially right now, being in isolation is hard. Mm -hmm. And just having that, um, that, you know, comment of we really have to look inside and uh, accept like the body we're in. And you see mm -hmm. that a little bit in fashion, but not, not as much as we would like to see. So I had a lot of people reach out to me saying, good for you for taking this, you know, leap of faith, putting it all out there and not being afraid to fail. And I know that's something that uh, you're really passionate about getting feedback. So. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I it's something that it, it, you know, it keeps your nose wet and your fur shiny. Um, it's, it's one of those things like it's, it's terrifying, but I think during the time of COVID, what we've discovered is that having a secure job is terrifying because I, I know I, I talked to a friend in, uh, Calgary. Now, for folks who don't know who are in the States, Calgary is like Houston North. Uh, it's a big oil capital. And my friend who's had this job working in an oil uh, pipeline company, doing a great job, really smart dude. Now there's rumblings of consolidation with Houston. What does that mean? You do a great job, you get laid off, you're done. You know, and so being safe is probably the most unsafe thing. So I really, I love the way that challenging yourself and throwing yourself into dangerous situations keeps your nose wet and your coat shiny and your eyes sparkly and it keeps you running man you don't get you, you don't get psychologically overweight doing that boy but you know people go oh, i could never do that well it turns out the folks who are saying i could never do that are suddenly with covid going maybe i better do that you know oh for sure and i think I it think, makes you better i think so too i i chose num the number 50 because i thought 20 would be too easy. Mm -hmm. I thought 50 would just be almost too tough to make mm -hmm. it there. And I think that um, stretching yourself, especially mm -hmm. in this time, not getting complacent because the world is changing, man. Who knows what's going to happen in mm -hmm. a week, in a month? Like look at all of the unrest that's happening uh, south of the border and even in Canada. Mm -hmm. Our world is going to be very different. So what I also learned is that if you have an idea, if you want to do something, don't wait to do it. Go out and make it happen. I want to touch on one other thing. Um, we talked a little bit about this. You know, you're, you're good with a video camera. You're very good at cutting. You're very good at shooting. You're good with audio. Um, but shooting yourself wasn't easy. And you got better at that. Talk about that. Oh God, in the first little while, I would look at myself and I, I would say, oh, I hate this about myself. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And it was a very, very telling exercise because I was so self-critical 
and it would take forever to make these videos, like, like two hours to, mm -hmm. to make a video and, and mostly just the shooting. And, you know, as time went on, I really just accepted all of what I thought are my flaws and really I learned they're not. Um, mm -hmm. And as I accepted more about what I, you know, what I look like that, you know, my weight, my appearance and just started to, you know, it's very cliche, but to love what I saw in the, yeah. in the viewfinder, it just became quicker and quicker to shoot these videos. And, um, and I found as I, I got on, people liked them even more and they could see the confidence and they could see that how much fun I was having. And I think in, in my business, I like to make people feel really comfortable and I like to have fun and then they have fun. So mm -hmm. people were having fun through seeing these videos and they were also just really inspired. And so I thought that was just an amazing thing that you can give not only your clients, but your viewers and just that connection, right? Yeah. No, I remember, I remember seeing your first test video and you did exactly what I did when I started um, shooting videos. Um, you tried to come across as credible and oh, credible is super boring. I, I remember I had a guy who's like the, a zany guy. He's a sales guy. And, um, and he looked at the first video that I shot sort of like trying to do sort of like a quote unquote thought leader thing. And he says, my God, you're boring. You are the most <laughs> boring person I've ever seen. And he knows me and we laughed our asses off, but it's true because you try to be serious. So people take you seriously and you come across as a snore. And I, it was so funny watching you do it. Cause you, I go, I know exactly what you're doing. You're trying to sound like somebody who's an expert and you're a total snooze. And, uh, then you redid it and you came across as Sarah cause you're like naturally zany, right? Uh, I just, I love it. And you got spark. Oh, totally. I was just so boring and so terrible. I was like, this cannot go out into the world. And then I, I think that's important for entrepreneurs because you know, if you, if you want to sell your product, you've got to make people like you first. And uh, most people are terrified of turning the camera on themselves because the first time they do it, they're shitty. And so they give oh, yeah. up, you know? Oh, it was horrible. I was terrible. It, uh, that, that is also a really good takeaway is that you know, when you're, this journey of being an entrepreneur is new to me. I am um, um, addicted to a paycheck, I'll yeah. say. And when you're an entrepreneur, you need to be having fun. It's not all like fun and games is what I'm learning, but there are a, a lot of times where you're in control of your own destiny and you want to put it out there, the person that you are, not the person that you think people want you to be. Mm -hmm. and, and that was a big learning too. So. You know, it's funny, like coming, uh, having done this for a long time now, I, uh, uh, people come up to me and go, oh my God, you're living the dream. You're living the dream. And I always go, I say, I always say to them, well, you should go talk to my banker. But, yes. <laughs> it, you know, but if you project that you're having a lot of fun, it makes you attractive. And I think a lot of people who are sitting on the COVID fence and going, ah, I should do this. They should remember that it's terrifying. Absolutely. But that feeling of doing what you want to do and having a little bit more control over your destiny is also super fun. Oh, for sure. I think um, one of the main things I've learned is that I like to do things the way I want to do them. Mm -hmm. And when you're an entrepreneur, uh, you, you have to learn to ask for help, one. That, that's a big thing is because you're not going to be able to do it all on your own. You're going to have to bring people in. But you're going to be responsible for your successes and your failures. And there's some real highs and lows, but mm -hmm. 
the highs are really high and they're worth it. Yeah, I know. It makes you a bit manic depressive, actually. That's what I... <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, I... <laughs> I think mental instability, <laughs> mental instability is a hallmark of this. Anyways, now one more time. I'm going to include it in the show notes. S-A-R-A-H-D-A-R-C-E-Y.com. That's right. Okay, we're going to put that in the show notes and I'm going to invite everybody. Now, you and I are also on my Brand DIY Facebook group. I, I wrote that book, Brand DIY, and then I created a Facebook group so we could share notes. And one of the things that people have said is that in that group, they said that they want to hear from other entrepreneurs and learn from them. They don't just want to hear me go wah, wah, wah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to do this podcast up and sometime next week, we're going to be featuring it on, on the brand DIY Facebook group. So if you want B R A N D D I Y F A S E F A C E G R U P dot com brand DIY Facebook group, check it out, join all members are welcome. Um, especially baby entrepreneurs. And, uh, yeah, I think this is a, a story that on so many levels, I love taking the, the boring, mundane, small space, turning it into a creative space. I love putting yourself out there, challenging yourself to hit 50 and starting to see the feedback come and how it sort of changed your perspective. It's a great story. So thank oh, you so it. much. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks, Mark. Awesome. You've been listening to Didn't See It Coming, the show about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. If you'd like to talk about brands, drop me a line. I'd love to hear your ideas. 